Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Man, that beat gets me so fired up every time. I am absolutely exhausted from this weekend, Bill. Yep. But anyway, salutations, possums. The Passel multiplied this weekend, and we are ecstatic to welcome all the newcomers to the family. As possums, we ask that you uphold the established precedent of being fantasy football lunatics, fierce competitors, and most importantly, just all-around good people. So welcome, everyone. We just returned from an incredible weekend of fantasy football debauchery at the 22 Fantasy Football Expo in Canton, Ohio. So huge shout-out to Bob Lung for the massive undertaking of planning that entire event. It was a great time. We made some lifelong friends and are counting down the seconds until next year. So just wanted to throw a special shout-out to Troy, <coughs> Dad, that's you, Bomber, and Kyle. Billy, what we witnessed out of Kyle was absolute apex athleticism. His sprinting skills are absolutely mind-boggling and – Pleasure to have him on the flag football team. Anyway, thanks, everybody. Uh, today, Billy and I are going to walk you through a fun segment that we are calling Stayaways and Layaways. And as always, guys, we are hitting the socials hard, so please do what you can. Throw us some love as we continue to prepare you for fantasy football transcendence in your drafts. So, Billy, what's up, man? I haven't talked to you in a while. Man, what an exhausting weekend, Joe. I mean, it was a lot of fun. The, the so expo tired. the uh, expo was something to behold. I was pretty happy with how everything went, and we got to meet a lot of people. And the fact that, you know, there was people that came up and said, hey, we listened to your show, and that was pretty yeah. cool. That was a, that was that a was great a, time meeting all those people. I mean, the possum was just a huge hit. Everyone wanted the sticker, the T-shirt. So the possum is really, uh, really becoming quite a thing right now. So yeah, stay well, happy. Asshole. Other than Yahoo's Andy Barons, who said the possum was a terrible idea. But you know what, well, Andy? The possum, the passel is going to persevere. He made success his own way. We're going to make success our own way. How about that? That is exactly what I like to hear. All right. Let's get to some news, Joe. Let's just let's jump right into the fantasy football. So we didn't even get to, I mean, we watched a little bit of preseason football as we could here and there this weekend. Obviously, it was a massive weekend. We spent over two hours in the Hall of Fame this weekend and didn't even see it all. That's how crazy it was <laughs> to be a part of on the Hall of Fame. But let's get to a little bit of news. Uh, one thing happened today, and that is Ken Walker. Pete Carroll came out and said Ken Walker has a hernia, Joe. Um, we're not really sure what the, the scope of that's going to mean just yet. Obviously, as we've just found out about it within the last couple hours. But Joe, Ken Walker, your guy, what do you think? I'm so sad. I mean, I guess it's I guess it's DJ Dallas time. It's Amsterdam Rashad Penny. So, I mean, I, I guess we got to figure out if he's going to have sur or, uh, surgery on it or not. Um, 
I mean, that can keep him out four or six weeks, uh, which is not good for a rookie running back at all. So it's kind of, I'm definitely looking at the news stream, waiting to hear some more on this. If he can avoid surgery and be back week one, which apparently is the plan, then, uh, then I'll be very happy. I do still think he's talented enough to steal that job outright, but definitely hold my breath a little bit. I think you're right about that. The only thing, Joe, is this season means absolutely nothing for the Seahawks. So I do want them to be as cautious as possible with him because there's really nothing to play for. So there's no reason to trot him out there if he's not ready to be back. And I absolutely agree with you. I just don't think Pete Carroll has it in his wherewithal to not compete at, uh, as much as he can. So. It's true. It's true. If he's healthy, he's going to be out there. But for the meantime, Rashad Penny did return to practice this week, so Rashad Penny should be back out there and should get a full workload. I don't think it's it, it does move him up the rankings a little bit, but not necessarily as much as you know you would think. So I I still think he is not a guy that you would you know maybe you're trusting him as your RB two, but I still think he's the flex play. Of all flex plays, basically. I would have a really hard time trusting him as my RB two, just with his injury history. Some people are touting him as being a league winner. If that comes to fruition, kudos to you guys. But I'm letting someone else draft him. I do like taking Ken Walker late, but this news definitely to put a damper on my excitedness. It very much does. Okay, let's get on to number two. Uh, so Zach Wilson is going to be out for two to four weeks after what we thought was going to be what, what we thought at the time was a scary knee injury non-contact in the Jets preseason, the first preseason game on Saturday. Joe, I know everybody that was at the Expo when that injury happened, everybody was buzzing about that, about like, oh, no, the season's over. What's going to happen? What are we like? What are the Jets going to do now? I'm going to go ahead and tell you, Joe, I don't think it would have been that big of a deal. Joe Flacco is better suited to run this offense right now as it is, and I kind of would like to see how – all these new weapons work with Joe Flacco, even though he's 37 and Joe Flacco, but at least I know he's, he can game manage the team. Um, so I don't know, Joe, what do you, what do you think about this? So there was a collective sigh as soon as the news dropped at the expo. <laughs> the only thing I was thinking was this has got to be good for Elijah Moore, right? So probably not the best thought to have in that situation, but you know, who knows? Um, Zach Wilson, I did think he was going to take the next step this year, but I don't, if it's Blanco, if it's Flacco, if it's, you know, if it's Zach Wilson, this team's still growing. I think there are going to be some great weeks from these guys and some not so great weeks from this guys. So not overly amped about this offense, but I am amped about the weapons of this offense. So probably, you know, I mean, I'd imagine Brees Hall gets a bump here. Michael Carter probably gets a little bump. Um, on there just for how effective an offense I think Joe Flacco can call or out on the field, be the field manager. But I did see a tweet that uh, Zach Wilson's getting plenty of maternal love right now. And oh, no. I, I thought that you was knew, just incredible. You, you knew it was going to end up there. Somehow. I know it was, oh, it was the, I laughed. Yes, he had the mother of Chuckle. all injuries. We get it. Like there's plenty of, plenty of Zach Wilson love. Well, here, here's the thing though. In uh, again, it, it kind of sucks, but it it doesn't really for the Jets offense. I don't think it's going to fall off that much. The biggest problem is that Zach Wilson gaining chemistry with these new guys, Brees Hall, Garrett Wilson, uh, is not going to happen. Um, mm-hmm. New weapons such as CJ Uzama, Tyler Conklin, not going to get any plays or reps with him in game situations. Um, and then 
you know, Elijah Moore is still only a second year player. Like it's not like he's, you know, far and away, but it's just the, for the chemistry sake, this really sucks. And then they lost Makai Becton too. They put him on IR. Yeah. This, this just team, like it, it's just, I don't know if they're just, they're cursed obviously, but I just didn't know they were this cursed, but we don't even get to the season. Yeah. It's still, you know, I just watching all the highlights of Elijah Moore from camp. I just, I love it. I know a lot of people are off of Elijah Moore, but I mean, I think if anything happens, I don't think he's going to be affected much. If anything, it'll help him a little bit. So still pretty high on Elijah Moore. We'll see with everybody else. I love Brees, though. Yeah, I can definitely agree with that as well. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. Oh. no news. I got news. I got, got news. news. Okay. Well, Topic yeah. number three. Draft Jaquan Brisker. Everywhere you can. This dude was always around the football. He almost had a sack. He almost had a pick. He had five tackles and limited action. I, I am so ecstatic. I'm ordering a jersey tonight, and I'm trying to have it overnighted so I could have it for the draft. But, oh, wow. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen either, but I love your enthusiasm about One it. One can believe I am an Amazon Prime member with my student <laughs> membership. So maybe it'll be four-hour shipping. Who knows? Amazon <laughs> yeah. is... They got warehouses everywhere. So they got a $600 jersey you're about to buy there. Well, on other Bears news front, it does look like Roquan might be inching closer to a resolution in that deal. They think they might actually pay the man, Joe. I don't know if your team is completely incompetent, if they, you know, will at least sign their best player to a new contract. Yeah, you would think they would do that, but, you know, it's – I, I just want Roquan to be in a place where he's happy, man. He's too good of a player. If he's on another team, I'll cheer for him. If he's on the Bears, I'll cheer for him. So it, that's his helmet right there. It is. Got it. Sad times for your Bears, Joe. Very sad times indeed. I, I love it, man. Great times for my Bears. <laughs> okay. Well, that preseason game. Right now, preseason game was, it was a heartbreaker. All right. Well, let's get to why we're actually here on this podcast today, and that is – Stayaways and layaways. So everybody out there might be asking, what does that mean? Stayaways are the players that you should be staying away from in the drafts that you're doing in the next couple weeks. Layaways is players for maybe dynasty or for maybe you know the end of your bench, like the guys that you're not necessarily going to take up front, but they might end up having a lot of value as the season goes on. So Joe. I'll start with the first stay away, and that is Mr. Antonio Gibson from the Washington Commanders. Um, obviously, I'm glad Josh isn't here for this because I know that we go on a three-hour tangent about his love for Antonio Gibson. <laughs> but here's the thing. We all can agree he looked terrible in the preseason game. Now, I don't want to overreact on one preseason game, but it's hard to see him make the same mistake he's been making his entire career in the first preseason game, he holds the ball too far away from his body and players are able to punch it out. It happens all the time. Jeremy Chin was able to get in there and smack that ball out. So I, it's hard for me to trust Antonio Gibson. And the thing is, is that Brian Robinson looked really good in the offense behind him. Now, Brian Robinson was not going against the ones, obviously, so... I have to take that a little bit with a grain of salt, but they didn't. Brian, they didn't draft Brian Robinson in the third round for nothing. 
That's all. I, that's all I'm saying. So my first stay away, a player you do not want on your team because if he gets benched by the fifth game, you're going to be looking at yourself like, why did I take him in the third round of my draft? Is Antonio Gibson, Joe? What do you think? Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> to Antonio Gibson, I uh, didn't know what to make of him after all the news is coming out with Brian Robinson and McKissick. When McKissick originally signed with the Bills, I was like, oh, my God, can we finally see Gibson in his natural receiver position a little bit? You know, maybe running some slot lining up out wide. I was really excited for it. But then McKissick comes back and then they sign Brian Robinson, who he the guy runs hard. He is not afraid of contact. He's a coach's ball player, if you will. And, you know, it definitely muddies the water. The problem with Antonio Gibson is you're seeing him go. In the third round, the fourth round, the fifth round, the sixth round, the seventh round, at some point he becomes very valuable. And yeah. I'm just having a really hard time drawing the line as to when that is because his role is going to be undefined. We assume that he's going to, you know, get most of the work, Brian, starting off the season at least. Mm-hmm. Um, if he can hold on to it from there, that's awesome. I mean, you could have a guy that's going to be a solid RB2 for you that could, you know, help you get you to a championship. You could have a guy that loses his job to Brian Robinson, at least half of his job to Brian Robinson, and then you get McKissick on the third downs, and what do we have out of that guy? I mean, we really don't have anything. So I'm just – I'm with you, Billy. I'm staying away. It, it's just – it's a little concerning that, A, the passing catch – the pass catching work is mainly going to be McKissick. So if you assume that the Washington Commanders are going to be bad this season and they're going to be playing from behind, they're going to need their pass catching back out there, that's McKissick. If you think about Brian Robinson possibly being the player that plays from the 20 yard line in that red zone situational back, where does that leave Antonio Gibson? That leaves him playing on the, you know, the between the twenties and not in game situations where they're going to be down. I don't like that math personally. Um, Joe, I know you just finished the math class. I don't like that math. I just don't. It doesn't. It doesn't add up to a good situation. Now, he is only 24, and he was drafted by this regime, so they still have to have a – you know, they can't cut their losses, but the fact that they're muddying the waters further makes me think that, A, not, and Joe, not even that. I think they want to be a passing team with Wentz as well. Yeah. So I think that that could further take opportunities away from all of the running backs so that pie could be cut even more. It's just – I don't know. I don't want him on my team. And I don't see – I can't tell people to also take them on his, their team. Right. And I'm, I'm very much with you. I mean, with Heineke at quarterback last year, they had a very inefficient run game just because he wasn't producing the wide receivers. So you could make the argument that Wentz is going to come in and at least use McLaurin and Dotson. And if they can get anything out of Curtis Samuel, that would be awesome. But use those weapons to kind of open up the running game a little bit more. But we just don't know what – slice of the pie Gibson's going to get at this point. So it's better off just letting someone else have him. Yeah. All right, Joe, who's your first stay away? My first is Mr. Cam Akers. Um, I was in a draft two days ago where Cam Akers went in the second round. He is currently 40th overall in RB20 in ADP. And then the Cam Akers train. I was absolutely on this train the rookie season due to his insane ability to break tackles and be an elusive backle at Florida State. <clears throat> he was awesome. I mean, he really – I was worried about him going to the Rams because of their offensive line, and this year they lost a great leader in Andrew Whitworth. So 
Akers has experience running behind a horrible offensive line. And he was really good on the Seminoles in that role. But I want to point out the long-term effects of an Achilles rupture. One, problems with balance. Two, an altered gait. Three, poor strength of the affected leg, resulting in an overcompensation of the uninjured leg. And four, mobility issues. So I want to focus on those four issues because balance issues, altered gait, and limited mobility are all things that I noticed when Akers came back last year. It was very impressive that he was able to do what he did and come back that quickly from that serious of an injury. But put simply, he did not look right. On top of that, his risk of re-injury is also very high this year, especially if he was compensating his other leg during rehab. Now, I know he has a world-class athletic staff, but the cards are absolutely stacked against him for ever being a top back for fantasy. Akers has three touchdowns in his career and has had some pretty miserable yards per carry numbers in the playoffs last year. If the injury limits his ability to break tackles, it's bad news for a back that does not have top-end speed. So where Cam Akers is going and how high everyone seems to be on him, I expect that to fluctuate a little bit more as we get closer to the season. But I'm, I'm completely out on Akers this year. Yeah, I mean, he's going as running back 19 right now on underdog, um, way too high. It's just, I think that the split between him and Daryl Henderson is going to be 50-50, more or, so, more or less. So I don't really think that, um, I, I don't think that you should be pushing it, getting acres. Daryl Henderson, I just looked up, is an RB40 right now. Yeah. That That's going to be a lot closer together by the time we actually get to the season and right now you're going to get a heck of a steal on Daryl Henderson and you're not going to get as much of a steal on Cam Akers and the Cam Akers the person that takes Cam Akers is going to be wondering to themselves why do I have you know why did I trust that he was going to be this good on this offense um Daryl Henderson I think a lot of people think Daryl Henderson's been in the league a long long time and he hasn't he's still under no. 25 He's still got plenty of juice left in the tank. There is injury concern, but if there was an injury concern with him, there's definitely an injury concern with Cam Akers. So, oh yeah. In, in my opinion, with Sean McVay and how he likes to run this offense, he does not like to feature a back. He's never wanted to feature a back. So, why would he start now? It's when he, unless he has to. Obviously, when Daryl Henderson was by himself, he had to had to feature him. But and also, only, I mean, I'm gonna, oh sorry, Bill, go ahead. No, I was gonna say the only good thing that that the Rams, they don't have anybody behind either of them, so yeah, they do. Yeah, that's that's okay. Oh, all right, yeah, Joe, do. yeah. I'm gonna talk about him later, about so I'm gonna hold it. Okay, I'm gonna okay. hold anything going on here, but I don't think people understand how good Daryl Henderson actually was last year when given the opportunity. I mean, he averaged over six yards per carry on the games he did. He pretty much put up the exact same numbers that Akers was putting up the the years before, so or the year before. So Daryl Henderson can be extremely effective in that role. Like you said, he's also young, and then you add other people to this offense with a depleted line and also Allen Robinson being there. And I just think, you know, we're really starting to get in the muddy waters of what is this backfield really going to look like. So let someone else have him. I I agree completely, 100%. Right. Bill, what you got? 1,000%, man. 1,000%. All right, well, I'm going to talk about Traylon Burks from Tennessee. Now – Traylon Burks right now is not going, you know, extremely high anyway, but there is a lot of talk about Traylon Burks going higher. 
Um, and like, because you know, of what he mean will mean to that offense where he was taking the draft is no mistake. They traded AJ Brown away to basically get Traylon Burks on their team. Um, here's my concerns. The coaches seem to really be talking about him being inconsistent and it was during the game that it was inconsistent during practice. It was inconsistent. There's a lot of, I, I don't know. I just, I just don't like the vibe, Joe. How about that? I just don't like the vibe that I get from how the Tennessee coaching staff is talking about Traylon Burns. And this is not what you should be hearing about your number one pick on your team, your first round pick. You should not be hearing that like the coaches don't believe in him and they want to like push him and stuff. He was playing with the twos during the preseason game. That's really weird. He was playing into the fourth quarter of the preseason game, the first round pick wide receiver that you got on your team. That's really weird, Joe. I I, I don't know how Very else weird. to say it. It's 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 just the the vibe is off, and he could end up being completely fine. I still think he's a fantastic receiver. His talent is definitely, you know, is what got him drafted where he got drafted. But the thing of it is, is I just don't. The vibe is just not catching me for some reason, and for that reason, I just don't want him on my team. I, I would be very happy to see him pop off on another team. And basically, there's no one else there other than Robert Woods, maybe Kyle Phillips that can catch passes. But it's just not the person I want on my team. I just don't trust them just that much. Right. And this, you know, we're talking redraft here. So Traylon Burks, you're completely right. The vibes are off. They started with the asthma thing. And then he was over the asthma thing. And then he actually had a couple really good practices where we saw some highlights out of that. My thing with Traylon Burks, and you bring up the inconsistencies. I mean, he's a rookie. Uh, I mean, from mm -hmm. for all we know, he could have walked in there just acting like a complete diva. He was a first round pick. He could have been like, oh, you know, I'm the shit, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, you're playing with the twos, you know, we're going to knock you down a couple of pegs. And all that stuff. So, I, I mean, I almost feel like the silence we're hearing out of the team on this guy is – it might actually be beneficial for him in the long run because it's going to tone him down and get him to focus on what he's trying to do. And he's a rookie wide receiver. The talent's there. The dominator rating in college was just off the charts. I mean, he's a really good football player. And Robert Woods is a great football player too. But they're going to have to throw the ball because we expect that mm -hmm. defense to actually take a step back this year. So – I like A.J. Brown – or uh, I'm sorry, he is A.J. Brown. Traylon Burks. I, I mean, A.J. Brown was a little bit inconsistent when he came into the league too. So, yeah, I don't know. I expect some growing pains along the way, but in a redraft, I can absolutely see, uh, you know, not yeah. being high on him. In Dynasty, I am all in on this guy. Dynasty, I think you don't have anything to worry about. I think it's just for redraft sake, it's just – and you might end up with him. It really depends on how far he falls in your particular draft listener out there. Like it really just kind of is going to matter where he goes, but you know, you don't want to be the one to reach for him too high. Like I would definitely reach for Drake London, even though he was, he got injured. Like he's somebody I would reach for because I think his role is defined. He's going to have a, like the coaches are elated with him. He's going to get a lot of, of passing work, but Traylon Burks, I just don't, I don't know. There's just something missing about this, this season. And I don't know, maybe I'm lower on Robert Woods than I should be. Maybe Robert Woods is going to end up being the one on this team and Traylon Burks for at least the first year, maybe the two, which is not at all what I thought when they drafted him. I thought right. it was not going to be that way. And coming out of Arkansas, Joe, 
Traylon yeah. Burks is a diva coming out of Arkansas. Like this, this is the world we live in now. He's not coming out of Alabama or Georgia or USC or Oklahoma or something. He's coming out of Arkansas and he's having these weird vibes. So yeah. I don't know. Just don't want the headache on my team, but you know, somebody else can have him. I agree with you, man. I'm, I'm all for it. I mean, I just think this team this year, we saw, well, they saw what happened when they run Derrick Henry into the ground. I mean, Hassan Haskins and Dontrell Hilliard are fine pieces, but I mean, I think your offense is going to run through Henry Woods and Burks. I don't see any other way that that's going to function. So I don't know. Right. I don't know. I'm with you, but I'm not, if that makes sense. (laughs) You're with it for this exercise. I am with it for this exercise. So, uh, Guys, I'm gonna talk about Kyle Pitts here. He is my stay away. Uh, he's wow, currently. Did, did, did Josh have you do this? Yeah, one Josh actually paid me to do this, so this is a shameless <laughs> plug right here. But um, nah, man, Kyle Pitts. He's going to 33 overall. He's the tight end three right now, and there is no doubting this guy's talent at all, at all. But I'm making the same argument that Josh made last year because. The Falcons are a team that has very little talent to begin with. And now we add Marcus Mariota and Desmond Ritter to the mix. The results are not going to be pretty here. Mariota has never been a big yardage quarterback. And even though he's a massive threat in the red zone, most of that has come with his legs. So Kyle Pitts had a thousand yards last year, but only one TD. He finished number nine tight end in fantasy in a PPR But now we're adding Drake London and Brian Edwards into this offense. Drake London, 6'5", will be a huge target in the red zone. So I don't think you can make the argument that Kyle Pitts is your huge red zone target because now you got another guy out Mm -hmm. there, too, that can do it. So he's an absolute stud, and I'm not knocking him in any way. But at 33 overall, there are at least 15 guys behind him that I would rather have on my team this year. And I would take my shot on a Schultz, a Goddard, a Hawkinson, a Fryermuth, one of those later tight ends, and just let someone else draft Kyle Pitts early because we I don't see there's any way of him taking the next step this year, especially when they are downgrading in quarterback for Matt Ryan. Say what you will about Matt Ryan. He did not have a pretty year last year, but he's a hell of a quarterback. Marcus Mariota, not so much. He's not the only the the only thing that that could make this make sense is if uh the falcons do kind of like a houston thing last year like how they had davis mills like they put desmond Ritter out there and he has like a davis mills type of season and that's what you're hoping for because yeah. i don't see how this works yeah i just i i mean i i think there's value you brought up cordell patterson last week you know we know uh tyler algiers there Brian Edwards, a lot of hype coming in when he was at the Raiders. He could do something this year for the Falcons, and you had Drake London. I mean, I just think there's kind of like what we were talking about with Akers and Antonio Gibson. It's just it's very muddy water, and Burks for that matter. I mean, a lot of these guys we're talking about, it's just, you know, it could shake out many different ways. And betting that kind of future on a guy in the third round is, you know, end of the second, third round, that is sketchy to me, and I'm not doing it. Yeah. I, hey, I agree. I, I think that he is going to, I think the touchdowns are going to go up this year. I think there's going to be like a reverse, a positive regression, if, if you will, to where he'll get more touchdowns. But yeah, I just, you're muddy in the waters a lot and you, the quarterbacks are both not very good. So I forgot Brian Edwards is 6'3, too. So the red zone argument with Mariota's legs and all the towering men they have out there. Yeah. I'm just, I'm not buying it. Literally, I think they have the tallest team in the league. 
because they probably Cord- do. Cordarrell Patterson six two. Kyle Pitts is whatever six three. All the rest of them are six three, six four. Yeah, I, I think they might be. That's crazy. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll get on my last. I'll get on my last one, and it's it should not shock anybody, but it's Elijah Mitchell. He's going as RB twenty two right now. Um, I think it's only going to get worse from here. I think I'm just maybe a little early on getting to uh, the hatred of Elijah Mitchell going into the season, but he is hurt currently. He's got a hamstring injury. He's not playing the rest of the preseason. I realize that's only two weeks, but if you have a new quarterback, Joe, you know what's good is to have your running starting running back work with him a little bit, especially if you're going to play him um, in preseason games. So to not have him not out there is not good. And, uh, you know, Elijah Mitchell, he wasn't amazing last season anyway. So it's, it's I don't know, it's kind of tough for me to say or tell anybody to draft him as a player that, you know, could have upside because I don't think he's got upside. Uh, the other reason that you can't trust him is that it's Kyle Shanahan, Joe. Mm-hmm. The same reason we couldn't trust Trey Sermon last season, same reason we couldn't trust Raheem Mostert. We didn't know what in the world was going to go on with that offense. We're here again. We're, we're at the back at square one, and a lot of people are thinking, I can trust Elijah Mitchell, right, because of what he did last season. Yep. I would not. That is, a, that is a mistake. That is something that you fall for again and again and again. Not you, but you know people fall for again and again and again with Kyle Shanahan and start trusting people, and then they let you down. So I just – you know, relax. Trey Lance is also a runner, Joe. That's also going to take yep. some of those runs away. Yeah, I was just going to say that, man. Okay, well, my bad. The goal no, I no. work is No, you're good. I'm be... agreeing with you. I'm not upset you said that because I was just like, man, Trey Lance is going to get down there and take off. And, I mean, exactly. you got it's just the weapons, the Debo, Aya, Kittle combination mixed with Trey Lance's legs and the absolute just round table of running backs that San Francisco produces. I mean, would you be the least bit surprised – if by week five, Jermichael Hasty had two top finishes on the 49ers as, as the running back, you would not at all. I and wouldn't. then you had Tyrion Davis Price, you got Trey Sermon, who we talked about last week, you got Jeff Wilson still there. I mean, it's it's muddied. We just we keep bringing it up, it's absolutely muddied. You know, Elijah Mitchell, he's a side, he looked pretty good. I mean, he didn't have any spectacular outings last year, but he looked pretty good. He looked competent as a starting running back, but does it hold? Time will tell. He's, I mean, Shanahan's always had a couple of running backs. We, I, Joe, you remember the days of Carlos Hyde and Matt Breda. Oh, yeah. Nobody knew which one to use. One week, one of them would go off. The next week, the other one would go off. That happened all the time. And, and the shit of it is, Mostert, I think, finished that season as their top running back before he probably, got hurt. Exactly. Like, you're not wrong. And see, and that, and that's just like, why trust Elijah Mitchell now? Like, it, it's just. It's bad, you know, it's the doing the same thing a thousand times, expecting a different result. Like it's that exact same thing. And for that reason, I don't want him. And I'm yeah. suggesting I mean, nobody else do that either. He's RB fifty right now. There's other guys I would absolutely like in that range aside from him on that one. So I'm completely with you, Billy. I'm completely with you. I would like to talk about James Robinson. I'm glad Josh is not here for this one because I don't think I'd ever hear the end of it. James Robinson, man. I'm glad Josh is not here for it. So 
I have nothing against people with Achilles injuries, even though I keep talking about it, but I do not think that they make great professional athletes. Even with Kobe, even Kobe was less effective after his injury, and he's one of the greatest to ever do it. James Robinson is no Kobe. Also, let's quit playing games, folks. He's an undrafted running back coming off coming off of a major injury with a coaching staff, with a new coaching staff, and a position mate in Etienne who was a first-round pick last year. Jarvis Landry, Damian Pierce, Garrett Wilson, Tyler Boyd are all going around him, and I would rather have any of them over Robinson. Yeah, no, I agree completely. Um, James Robinson is going to lose a lot of work to Etienne, and there's not really a reason for James Robinson to be, you know, somebody that you're going after heavily on your team. Not at all. I don't have anything else to add about that one. Fair enough. All right, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and we will be right back. What's good, IDP Army? It's Jordan Reigns, and quickly I want to tell you guys today about the big project I've been working on, the Ultimate IDP Index. The Ultimate IDP Index is the number one resource for IDP fantasy football players, rookies or veterans for 2021. Inside, you're going to find contract information, tiered IDP rankings, detailed player production profiles. And that is up for 2022 now as well. All right. Well, Joe, the commercial just cut off like midway through. Sweet. Hey, man. That's, I love that's it. That's good. Well, we'll fill in the rest of those blanks. So the the uh, index is up for purchase, and you can buy it now. Get in there. You will be you will get access to all the rankings. Um, even in this in the promo, it doesn't even explain. You get dynasty rankings. You get best ball rankings. You get pretty much all access to all of us. Like you can DM us at any point in time. You get added into a special chat where you can talk you can get in the discord ask questions in there uh there's plenty of people in that community that will you know help answer as we will too um basically like it's all inclusive access to the idp army it gives you good tiered rankings for each idp player so if you're having trouble out there finding how to win an idp league this is a perfect resource to have to get invested and get into those leagues Absolutely. I mean, we had rookies in there, what, right after the senior roll? Yeah. We were yeah. starting up on that. And by the time the draft came around, you know, we were already tweaking everything. So, I mean, if you're doing your rookie drafts right after the draft, it's extremely valuable because there's very little information out at that point. So, get some of that. We love doing it. It's true. All right, Joe. Well, let's get on to the layaway 22. So, the first player that I'm going to talk about, first layaway that I've got is Romeo Dubs for the Green Bay Packers. So the, the reason that I think that he is a layaway for now is that I still think Alan Lazard is a wide receiver one. I still think he might you might be able to convince somebody to trade him for something that's not overly expensive. Uh, you might still be able to get a second plus like a mid round or mid tier wide receiver and maybe still get Romeo dubs. The thing is, Joe Romeo dubs is going to be a dog here very shortly because the way that this dude plays, the way that this dude's able to get open is nothing short of amazing. And Joe, I hate to say it. I feel like the green Bay Packers found him another one. Yeah. I'm very sad to see that too, but I mean, to bring up your point, can we really trust Alan Lazard to be the wide receiver one on this team? 
We I can. don't think we we can. I'm not there. No, we can. Yeah. No, we can. Okay. So I was gonna say, man, he he would definitely be on my stay away list if I cared enough to talk about him. But you enter Dubs here, who Aaron Rodgers rarely hypes up a rookie. I mean, I don't know if this is the ayahuasca trip that got him all in his feelings or something, but <laughs> I mean, he's been saying good things about this kid. The team's been saying good things about this kid. There's an absolute need for someone to step up in this receiving core. So, I mean, Dubs could be the most valuable rookie that they drafted this year if we don't see. Because, I mean, as far as I know, Christian Watson has not been doing much in camp at all. I, mean, I think I think he may have been activated off the pup, and that's yeah. as far as he's made it so far. Yep. So, I mean, Dubs is getting all the chemistry with the starting offense. Not starting offense, but he's he's getting the plays run. He's getting the reps in. And like you said, he's a dog. I mean, we watched him in the Senior Bowl. We watched him in Nevada. Really talented kids. So, draft him late. Stash him in Dynasty. When we watched him in Nevada, he – I mean, we thought that it was Carson Strong that was good. And I think we didn't end up finding out it was Romeo Dubs that was making Carson Strong look good. So, Romeo Dubs, make sure – like, I would offer something to the – dubs manager right now because by the time the season starts and you can clearly see he's going to be better than alan lazard and he's probably going to have more chemistry than christian watson i think dubs might be the guy so just go ahead send out an offer now just see where it is i've looked on all of my dynasty rosters he happens to be rostered by all the same people that have not checked their dynasty roster since we drafted in may that's unfortunate, but um, I'm hoping once the season starts, I might be able to kick them something and they can give them to me because I want him stashed on my practice squad or potentially my starting roster by the end of the season. So, See, that- Billy, we're going to this draft weekend at the Lake House right now, and we both know who has dubs in the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen here. So <laughs> I, I already I, offered him a second and Isaiah McKenzie here. Um, did he turn it get- down? He he's never responded to it. Okay, so, perfect. So I still have a chance because yeah. So Brandon, if you offer. do happen to make it to the draft, um, we are going to be trying to trade you for Romeo Dubs. So be prepared for that. You probably won't. You know, got a kid coming, man. I was going to say. So the you, the so. worst part is he's about to have a child. It's not the worst part for him, but it's the worst part for us that want to make a trade for Romeo Dubs. I I realize how that comes off, but this is fantasy football, baby. I mean, we. we We've got to be, everybody's got to be locked in and we're locked in no matter you're having a child or not. He's one of those guys you got to have a face-to-face conversation with on a trade. So, you know, exactly. The listeners, they can understand it. We, we all love Brandon. We're super excited for his kid and can't wait to meet him. But um, everybody has that one guy in their league where you are never going to make a deal with them unless you talk to him in person and have that understanding with them. And we just happen to happens to be the person that has Romeo dubs in this league. And it just, he's a businessman. Yeah, exactly. He's a stone cold businessman and he's going to be on paternity leave. So maybe he'll have time to get those, uh, those uh, trade fingers ready for us. (laughs) Absolutely. Who's your first layaway? I got Kyron Williams. Um, We talked about acres earlier. I, I love Kyron Williams right here. He's a pass catching aficionado with the skill set to be a third down, three down back. Although he profiles as more of a third down back, he is insanely versatile and he's a really tough runner. So, with the injury history of Williams and Akers, I could see Williams getting enough work to garner flex consideration by the end of the season. I hate comps, but his tape reminds me a lot of Austin Eckler, who has had similar college resume and has a similar build to him. So ironically enough, both Eckler and Williams were compared to James White by Bleacher Report. So 
those guys are kind of seeing the same thing with them. I'm kind of seeing it. I'm really excited about Kyron Williams, and he is free right now. Free. So stash him. End of 2022, early 2023, he's your guy. So going into the college season last year, Kyron Williams was my RB3 when he was at Notre Dame. Um, it kind of took a little a, a turn for the worst when he his rushing was not always there. His pass catching was never in doubt, but his running wasn't always there. And then we get to the combine. It looked like he was running with mud boots on, basically, because he was so slow. Um, but the thing is, the talent was always there. And once we actually get into the game, I mean, how often are you going to be running a 40-yard dash in straight line in the NFL? Exactly. Like, never going to happen. So it's not really something he needs to be concerned with. Um, yeah, I think Kyron Williams is a perfect person to stash because of just the injury history alone on that Rams backfield. I think that yeah. having him would be a big deal. Yeah, I mean, he was already going late in rookie drafts. And, I mean, as far as I know, he's just completely off people's radar at this moment in time, especially after the foot injury that kept him out of early preseason and training camp and stuff. So, yeah, split some trades out. Get Kyron Williams, throw him on the taxi squad, and thank me later. Yeah, because believe me, the person the person that has Kyron Williams right now is willing to deal. Guaranteed. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Unless he's me. I will not. <laughs> That's true. That's true. All right. My second layaway for this uh, season is Tyquan Thornton from the New England Patriots. Um, there's just too much money in front of him currently for me to think that this season is going to be the year that he breaks out. I think he will have a couple games this year where he flashes some big numbers. Hopefully me and Joe can tell you when to play him in DFS maybe, because maybe that could be a way that you get him involved this season. Um, he's definitely got chemistry with Mac Jones. That is a that is an A plus plus in that you know for him in that offense. The pro, like I said, the problem is there's a lot of people. There's a lot of money in front of him, and the player in front of him right now is Kendrick Bourne. Uh, Kendrick Bourne was kicked out of practice today for fighting. Uh, Brian Burns pushed Mac Jones to the ground, and you know Kendrick Bourne came back swinging because that's what you do when your QB's on the ground. Um, got him kicked out of practice, so that got Tyquan Thornton some more reps, of course. Um, I still think this is Kendrick Bourne's year. I'm starting to cool off on my take a little bit about Kendrick Bourne just because there is somebody's right on his heels in that offense, which makes me a little nervous. But he he does have the chemistry with Mac, and I think that that is a valuable part of this preseason. He did catch the one lone touchdown. He only had two catches for nine yards in that preseason game, so it wasn't like it was that big of a deal. But and none of the other starters played, and Tyquan Thornton did play, so that also should tell you where he's at in the depth chart maybe. But just stash him. I think he's a guy that could could mean something here, not this year, 2023, maybe 2024. I, I, I believe that. Yeah, and it's a great point because, I mean, we talked earlier about these muddy situations and stuff. I mean, they threw a lot of money at wide receivers last year, and we none of them have really sh- or worked out. So mm-hmm. there's – there could be a massive shakeup in this receiving core and you could have a guy that's a starting receiver for the Patriots next year who already has chemistry with Mac Jones. It's a, it's a perfect stash. I really like that one. And I think he is going to be dirt cheap this season. I don't think, I don't think you're going to have to worry about, I mean, if, if he's with a Patriots fan, like then you're not probably not going to get him away because they're raving, ranting and raving about him. But any other casual dynasty player, they might cool off on him throughout the season and might be able to snag him for a second or third round pick. 
um, just because they might be like, well, I need somebody that I can play now. Not understanding that Tyquan Thornton is a long-term investment, not a short-term investment. Yeah, and that's something that even a lot of dynasty players have a hard time with is the long-term investments. I mean, they'll they'll get to week seven, week eight. You know, he scored twenty-eight points all together, and they're they're pissed and they're like, "Oh man, our wasted rookie pick on this guy." And that's mm-hmm. when you casually swoop in and say, "Hey, I'll help you out a little bit. I got a third rounder for next year. Let me take him off your hands." And that's that's how you win these things. So you heard it here first. Acquire him. Yes, Tyquan Thornton. If you don't have a taxi squad, he's probably available. Taxi squad, yep. it's going to be a little tougher. But no taxi squad, you can get that. You can get that deal done. Yeah, man, I love that one. I love that one. Almost as much as I love Isaiah Likely right here. So tight end from Baltimore. Baltimore does not have many stallions at the barn when it comes to the receiving core. I mean, <laughs> maybe they could help Lamar Jackson out a little bit, you'd, you'd think. But who knows? So we love Mark Andrews, and we like Bateman to take a huge step this year. But if anything were to happen to one of them, likely has the talent to garner a number of targets in the offense. He's a small school guy out of Coastal Carolina, and he has not had many eyes on him. Super athletic. He's a large target. Should be able to stash him pretty cheaply in the current market. If he has another preseason performance like he did last week, where he looked awesome, he will not come cheaply anymore. So if you're listening to this podcast – Go out there and float some trades for him. I'm not saying spend a lot, but throw him on the taxi squad and you could have a very valuable piece of the Baltimore offense. We don't know what the future holds. I mean, Joe, we've been drooling over Isaiah Likely since we saw him at the Senior Bowl. I mean, yeah. he 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 had the best catch of the open practice that we got to, to see. He had the best uh, catch play there. He was one of the best receivers in the actual game itself. I just I've loved Isaiah Likely since he was in college in Coastal Carolina. I really enjoyed watching him there. Enjoyed watching him at the Senior Bowl. I was shocked to see how far he fell, and then hated where he landed at the Ravens. But here's the thing, Joe: you can't keep talent off the field. So Isaiah yeah. Likely, being the good pass catching receiver that he is, might be called up earlier than we think. They might run some two tight end packages and have Mark Andrews and Isaiah Likely out there. Now, here's the real question, Joe, about this situation. Does okay. having does Isaiah likely hurt Mark Andrews stock I think he for might. this season? I think, I think so too. And I don't, you know, I don't want to say that too loudly because Jordan might come up here out of nowhere and try to take <laughs> He's us already out. Listening, man. Exactly. Like he might be, you know, like a CIA like tapping the phone and like have us like, you know, burst in through the door. But this might hurt Mark Andrews a little bit, especially if they have an actual, if they do have a receiving core this year, which we don't expect them to. So it should not be a problem, but it's going to be hard to keep him off the field. I mean, this could be a two tight end situation akin to, you know, the Hernandez Gronk years. Like, absolutely. And, and you bring up a good point there. I mean, the big knock on him coming out of college was his route tree was really undefined. He wasn't a great route runner, but. What quarterback, dare I say, do you not need to be a good route runner exactly. to have monster games with? Uh, maybe the quarterback that improvises most of his plays himself anyway. So he's super fast. He's going to figure out ways to get open, and he can outmuscle a lot of those defensive backs, safeties, linebackers. He's a matchup nightmare, especially when they're devoting so much to Mark Andrews. So, yeah, I really like Likely this year. I like Likely. You like Likely a lot. Like I, like likely. Likely. I like Likely too. I like likely, likely more than you like likely. So, you know, unlikely. 
We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. All right. Last one I've got for you today, and this is the stash of all stashers, and that is Jalen Warren from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, there is no doubt in my mind that he is not getting on the field ahead of Najee Harris this season. There is no shot that that's going to happen. However, however, I think he will be the RB2 in this offense when it's all said and done. McFarlane, I think, will start there now, but I think it will be Jalen Warren at some point because, you know, talent rules all. And talent is what Jalen Warren showed in that first preseason game. He had a touchdown from Kenny Pickett. He had the most uh, best rushing per yard average during the or per rush average during the game, which is important. Um, he was playing, you know, in cleanup duty, understandably, but he caught the TD from Pickett. Joe, guess who is the first round pick of the Pittsburgh Steelers this year? Kenny Pickett. Pickett. Yeah. So you already have, you know, somebody that maybe kick Kenny Pickett feels good with. So that might boost Warren's stock up. Now, Warren, now Jalen Warren was a running back at Oklahoma State. I saw him play there. I thought he was good there, but then when he went undrafted, I was like, okay, maybe I didn't, you know, maybe he wasn't that good. Maybe I saw, I didn't see something that these other scouts were seeing, but seeing this kind of, um, this kind of output from Jalen Warren in that first preseason game, where it was not just the rushing that was good, Joe, he also had like six catches as well. I, I think it might have been four, but he had multiple catches for like 40 yards and a touchdown. So just seeing that, that that's capability, maybe he can even find passing down work if they don't want to completely run, you know, run the tires off of Najee Harris. I think there could be a defined role for him. How like, you know, the only thing that you could do right now is try to go get him onto your dynasty squad. The only thing that stinks is that sleeper has been put in that little trending list. Jalen Warren has been at that top of that trending list for like four days now. So He's not a secret to anybody that looks at that trending list. And if you watch the Steelers game, you're like, who the hell was that guy? That wasn't McFarlane. Maybe somebody caught on to that too. But here's the thing. I still think that once we get in the middle season, Najee Harris is doing his normal running 30 times a game and Jalen Warren's not even playing. And it might not even be number two on the roster at that point. It might still be McFarlane. That's a perfect time to acquire him. Perfect time. Yep. Because this kid could be the future. Najee Harris cannot run at the rate that he's running forever it's just not gonna happen he is not derrick henry and that makes all of us nervous like he yeah. cannot do it so i think warren might get some might get a look this season and he's a sleeper still a sleeper right now i think still a sleeper yeah no he's he's thinking about waking up his alarm is about to go off soon but the alarm is set now. let's put it that way the alarm is set <laughs> to to agree with you here i mean they They've come out and said that they want to dial back Najee Harris's workload. I mean, there have been multiple reports of this this offseason. It's not just one thing. So I do think they're going to try to get the other backs involved more. My only problem where I disagree with you is there is – we thought Jalen Samuels was going to be this guy. I mean, we thought Benny Snell was going to be this guy. Anthony McFarlane, sure. oh, my God, he was there. You know, so there's always this backup running back on the Steelers that everyone thinks is going to break out. And Tomlin just keeps feeding his workhorse, man. And, you know, I I don't know how I feel about it. I mean, I would absolutely stash him 100%. I had Jalen Samuels on my roster forever because I was waiting for it to happen. So I absolutely agree that we should be stashing him. I just, you know, 
we're talking about stashes right now. Well, I'm not sure I was about to say redraft. You should not be not. Don't even put waste an into the bench spot. Like Romeo Dubs, you should waste the end of the bench spot on him because that could end up being a gold mine. Uh, Tyquan Thornton, do not waste the bench spot, and Jalen Warren, don't even think about it. Like I, honestly, until he goes down, I would you know even when he goes down, I don't know if you even should put a waiver claim in until we get a little bit further evidence of what they're planning to do. I'm just yeah. saying, based on what I've seen on the talent side and based on like what he did in that game, yeah. it's going to be hard to hide that kind of thing from them. So, you know, if Najee gets injured, that's really the only way he would come into play. And there's definitely room for the pass catching side on the Steelers, too, because, I mean, Najee was Najee caught a lot of balls last year. He did. He, someone else, definitely there's room for someone else to take some of that away from him, especially if they plan on making him last the whole season there. So I like that one, man. I likely, likely that one. (laughs) Pierre Strong is my last guy. Um, With running backs like Etienne Ford, Damian Pierce debuting last week, Pierre Strong was absolutely overlooked. But he looked really strong and elusive with the small amount of work he received in that game. Damian Harris is going to the last year of his contract, and there are already rumblings about Damian Harris being traded. So – if Damian Harris is gone, Steven should, Stevenson should absolutely show out, but Pierce could slide into a receiving role right out of the gate. I mean, he was my number four rookie running back this year pre-draft. The talent is absolutely there. He looks like Darren McFadden when he runs the ball. I don't think he's as big, but he also was a pretty decent receiver in college. So I think that Pierce Strong has a lot of value, You know, not only if Harris and Stevenson are there, if he can get onto the field. But in the future, I don't see any reason why he couldn't be the number two or possibly number one back with the talent that he has. So he's an absolute stash for me, and I'm really happy to have him on my team. I hate Patriots running backs, though. So I agree. I mean, uh, yeah, Damian Harris isn't long for the Patriots roster. He's definitely probably gone after the season. And at least Ramondre, who I don't think can be the one. I think he's going to be the split backfield, which could be Pierre Strong. What sucks about what sucked up for us about Pierre Strong is that, of course, since the Senior Bowl was going on at the same time as the East West Shrine Bowl, like we couldn't go to the Shrine Bowl, so right. we didn't get to see Pierre Strong in the in that little you know pre-draft process. So that kind of sucked a little bit for us. But we came on. We did not, you know, it's not that we didn't see anything from him. We just didn't get to see him in person. So I agree. I think Pierre Strong is a perfect person to stash away right now. Again, I think he's going to be dirt cheap this season because he's not going to be in that lineup very much unless there's a blowout, which for the Patriots roster they have, I don't see a lot of blowouts happening. So, no. you know, I don't know how often he's even going to get into the game. Um, yeah, no, this is a perfect stash because he's going to be very useful next season, barring them wasting a draft pick on a running back. They have a lot of other issues. Running back should not be something that the Patriots are targeting next season, which is only means good things for Pierre Strong. So definitely start floating those, you know, start floating those trades out there. Just, you know, don't, you know, especially if this season is not looking like it's going to be the championship season for you, Mike, I don't want I, nobody should count themselves out in week one. Definitely not. I I don't want to spread that kind of message, but if you think that your roster could use improvements for 2023, maybe you stockpiled a ton of 2023 draft capital using some of that, stuff towards Pierre Strong is not necessarily a bad idea because that role is defined and it's coming to him. And that's yeah. that's all you can ask for from a stash. Yeah, I mean, you always have to always turn your roster around. 
I mean, don't ever be complacent with the roster that you have. Be like, oh, well, you know, next year you're constantly working the waiver wire. You're trying to get these little ticky-tack trades that people are just going to be like, yeah, whatever, I'll do that trade. Because that's how you build a team, and that's how you get the edge on your opponents. Because like we've said repeatedly throughout this exercise, come week eight, come week nine, these guys haven't done anything. These people have a short attention span. They're not going to remember that, like, oh, in the preseason, Jalen Warren was killing it. You know, they're not – they're not thinking like that. So you float a trade out there, you snag it just like you do a bass, you reel it in, and you got a running back that's very valuable right. in the next couple of years. Like say you're holding on to like Cordell Patterson, Cordell Patterson. Like say you're holding on to him and he's having a season, like what happened last year. That's a good one. Perfect person to float out there, snag a Pierre Strong, snag a Tyquan Thornton, Jalen Warren. One of these guys, like you probably get all three of them for Cordell Patterson. If he's you probably could, and that's exactly the kind of thing that you know you should be doing as a dynasty manager. It's just it's smart dynasty roster management to be flexible of moving players that are not going to be good in the future. Like Patterson, thirty-one years old, probably not going to be the starter very much longer. Float that out there, get some of these young pups, and let them work for you, basically, in the next upcoming season. Okay, Joe, that's a fun exercise. I'm glad we got to do that. that Stay aways, layaways. It's easy concept. Glad that we got that out there. Um, Basically, I only have one more piece of information that I I don't even – this is a rumor. This this needs a reckless speculation uh, if we had a sound. I'm intrigued. Okay. Joe, there's a lot of – smoke around Ronald Jones getting cut from the Patriots. Yeah. Like it's, it's like Pacheco is on his way up a lot. There's a lot of belief in Clyde and I'm hearing that Ronald Jones might not make the 53 man roster. Joe, what do you, uh, do you think that that's possible? Do you actually think that they would do that? It's tough, man. It's tough. The wild card there is the Jarek McKinnon and how well he showed out for them last year so i feel like reed's gonna be like oh man you know he was awesome for us last year he's still a very talented running back he could be on the bubble man i don't know i'm having a hard time trusting any running back from kc that should have been on my stay away yeah well i think it's i mean especially after we just completely annihilated him last week i don't you know i don't know if we needed to beat that horse any more than that we already did but i just Oh, go ahead, I would man. no. I was just gonna say it sucks because like I, I thought this was Rojo's coming back party. I thought he yeah. was gonna take over for Clyde edwards alaire I thought this was gonna be something, but I'm just not getting that vibe. I was right there with you, man. I was absolutely right there with you. The thing with Ronald Jones, he's such a good runner. I mean, he's awesome with the ball in his hands. He just doesn't. He's not a good pass catcher. And I think when you're playing with someone like Patrick Mahomes, that's what you need to be. And We'll see. We'll see how that happens. I just don't see how, again, we're going to have to sit through another year of CEH being basic and average for us just to get to next season and them not to draft a running back again. I mean, we're, we have like it's we're to the point where Isaiah Pacheco, who Joe, neither of us really knew anything about going into this draft process. Not much. Is now like, people's like big sleeper for the year like yeah. when we were at the expo pacheco's name was being thrown around more than the footballs were being thrown around there like yeah. it, it, it was all over the place with pacheco so yeah i just 
I hate that for them. I hate that for their backfield. I think Patrick Mahomes works best when he has a running back that he trusts. Damian Williams could not come back fast enough for them. The MVP right. of that Super Bowl that they won that they didn't <laughs> give it to. Um, but I just I hate this. Why why can't they just admit they were wrong with I like Clyde Edwards Alaire? Like what who is that hurting to put that out there? I don't understand. No, no. I didn't see Pacheco go in the tenth round of a draft. I was just in though, so 10th round of a draft yeah yeah i don't know how i feel about it i mean i you know i like upside as much as anybody and the upside is absolutely there but you know it's there's a lot of things going on with the the preseason games and the news coming out and you're seeing these adps just vault up and down and everything i mean damian pierce you better hope you drafted him uh, a couple weeks ago because you're not getting him cheap anymore especially after how he looks so yeah definitely Definitely the time to really stay committed to what you, who you like, what your draft plan is, because there's going to be a ton of movement coming up here. So stay tuned. Yeah. Damian Pierce was something like I, I was thinking of like layaways. I was like, Damian Pierce is no longer a layaway. You need him no. on your roster. He's going to be starting at some point. You, again, hard to keep talent off the field, which yeah. is the other person, which is George Pickens. Like oh, he can't be, he he can't be a layaway. I was trying to keep him secret from you, Billy. Well, he looks like the he looks like the best wide receiver of all time out there. Like it's hard to put him on the layaway list because it's, he's not going to be laying away for very long. He's going to be on starting roster. I would bet Joe. I bet you money he is going to go. We're having our home league draft listeners out there this weekend. George Pickens is going in the seventh eighth round of this oh, yeah, draft. 100%. I it might be me, it. honestly. Well, I or you or Alan, I was thinking like, it might be you... me. I'm sure it'll be Alan, but it might be me because I've been. Well, oh, man, you Pickens you love rookies, bit. Joe. I there, do. If there's one thing I can bet on you doing in a in a draft, it's just snagging every rookie that exists. Um, That's what I do. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, thank you all for joining us tonight. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel at the IDP Army. Follow us on TikTok. I'm actually uploading TikToks again. They're slowly but surely, but they're happening. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Offensive Points. We're getting tons of followers on there. Uh, we're, we've got tons of interesting, exciting things possibly coming up that we will be announcing as they you know come to us. We don't really have any of them nailed down right now to tell anybody about, but we definitely had a lot of fun talks at the Expo about possibly us doing things on other channels and stuff. So please stay tuned to that. We would love to, to, we will, as soon as we know, we will tell you exactly what all that means and what all that is about. But thank you so much for tuning in. Please like and re- review and download this episode wherever you're getting your podcasts, Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you're getting it. I will, you know, we greatly appreciate that. Show us, show us love and we will show you love. So please hit us up. We will definitely talk to you. DMs are always open on all three of our channels. So Joe, Get us out of here. See, see you later. Good night. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.